Look up at the skies. It's a meteor shower. Let's talk about that. Joining me to do so, um, the professor of um, all of the professor of the skies, uh, York University astronomy professor Paul Delaney. What kind of spectacular are we in for? Well, the Orionid meteor shower is definitely one of the best meteor showers for the entire year. So we're talking about a celestial fireworks display. We've got pieces of the universe, small little rocks, hitting the Earth's atmosphere at about 70 kilometers a second and creating shooting stars. Uh, we're talking about you know bright streaks in the sky, some fainter than others. But this, because of that speed, this meteor shower really can produce what we call some bright fireballs or bolides. So this is the meteor shower not to miss. Despite the fact that it's going to be a little chilly out tonight, this is a good show to see. Okay, is this what we would have called uh, a falling star? Yeah, a falling star, a shooting star, those are the colloquial terms for a meteor that is hitting the Earth's atmosphere and it begins to uh, glow. It, because of that speed hitting the thick gases in our atmosphere, uh, the, the atmosphere sort of can't get out of the way of the, of the rock yeah. quickly enough and you end up with this bright incandescent streak at the front end of the, the rock and, of course, some of the rock begins to <laughs> literally dissolve away at these sorts of temperatures. And so that gives this streak of light. It often only lasts a fraction of a second. The bigger the rock, the longer the light will last. It might last for two or three seconds. So you've, you've got to be patient and you've got to be observant. Uh, it's not like you're turning on a light switch and it stays on for minutes. It is really a fraction of a second to a few seconds in length. How big are these pieces of rock? Most of it is pretty small stuff. We're talking about sort of sand grain size, and those give very, very quick and relatively faint streaks of light. But they can come up to, say, the size of, of a marble. Uh, and, of course, if you're really, uh, I don't know whether you want to say lucky or unlucky, can be much larger, baseball uh, size. And those ones, of course, could potentially survive atmospheric passage, hit the ground, and they become meteorites. And, of course, those will produce bigger streaks of light. But generally speaking, marble down to uh, uh, sand grain size. Okay, but if they're going to be baseball size, Professor, should I be staying in the house tonight? <laughs> uh, the chances of you being hit by a falling star, so as to speak, trust me, 649 is going to be far more better odds for you than this. Paul Delaney is with me, Professor Emeritus, Department of Physics and Astronomy, York University, and we're going to get a big meteor shower coming up tonight. Where's that stuff come from? This is the leftover debris from Comet Halley. So everybody perhaps remembers Comet Halley last went by in 1986. It's going to come by in 2061. But as the comet swings into the inner solar system, it heats up because of the sun and it begins to shed a lot of its uh, outer outer layer. So we get uh, dust, debris, dirt being left in the wake of the comet. And of course, that material continues to orbit around the sun independent of the actual Halley's Comet itself. The Earth passes through that debris train at the same time every year. So the Orionids are always peaking in and around October 20, October 21 every year as we cross this stream of debris left over from Comet Halley. All right. Now, somebody's listening to us in a more rural area. That's one thing. But if I'm in Toronto with a lot of light pollution, am I going to see it? 
You will. You're absolutely right, though. You prefer to be in a darker sky. Toronto, for all of its great qualities, light pollution is not one of them. And as a consequence, it makes the sky look relatively grey, not dark. And that means those fainter streaks of light that I was mentioning before will be hard to see. But the bigger bolides, the brighter streaks of light, they are going to be visible even in Toronto skies. The trick is for you as the observer to be as fully dark adapted as you can, to be in as dark an area as is practical in your backyard with all of the house lights off, your neighbor's lights off, don't look at a street light. As long as you're fully dark adapted, those brighter streaks of light will be visible even in Toronto. At any time, you might get lucky and look up at the sky and see a shooting star, as we call it. But this is a, a shower of those things on a scale of one to ten. How big a deal is the one tonight? You, you, we should end up with something like 20 or so shooting stars per hour. So that means every three to five minutes, you should be able to pick up either a faint or a larger streak of light. It's not the most populous shower. The Perseids, for example, in August, uh, you might end up with one a minute with the Perseids, but they enter the atmosphere slower, and so they tend to be fainter anyway. So it's one of those balance points. The Orionids, because of their entry speed, they really can be very, very bright, but they're not as populous. So as I said, 20 per hour around about the peak and the peak will be sort of before morning twilight so this is an early morning start for those people who want to get the best possible time for the shower first time i ever saw one of these professor i was about 16 years old and i was laying on a dock with a girlfriend and of course we thought it had all to do with us <laughs> absolutely everything about the night sky is to do with the individual observer no question in the world all right paul delaney is professor emeritus department of physics and astronomy york university thanks a lot for this you're welcome